episode of Worst First, and whoa, do we have some worsts? Girl, this podcast was made for me. It was made (laughs) for you. I have author, actress, director Gabrielle Stone here. I'm so excited to have you here. She's the author of Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life. I mean, how perfect is that? You just totally like turn the whole thing around. Like, It's so exactly what my 2017 was, girl, and- it's like every worst back to back in my life. I <laughs> I, I, I read the I, I read the um the summary and I was I was blown away just by what I read in the summary. Yeah. I, I mean, you were we're not giving the book away. This is in the summary. You can read online. Um, you were married. Yeah, for a year and a half. I was married for almost two years. We you were hold two- your mic as close uh, as you can. We were t- <laughs> We were we were together longer than that together for almost for five years. Wow! Um, but married for almost two. Found out that he was having an affair with a nineteen-year-old for six months. A nineteen-year-old. Yeah, blew my life up. How did you find out? Like, was it were you? Was it a phone thing? Or no. Was it- so it was. Oh God, it was like I originally wasn't going to write about it in the book, yeah. and then my girlfriend was like, "No, Gabrielle, you have to." That shit was like an episode of CSI. Like, you have to write about it. Dead. You got all investigative Yeah, and I'm so glad that I did because the amount of women that reach out to me and they're like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. It's it's sad, but true. Mm. Um, So I had been really unhappy in our marriage for a while. Like, something had just been off. We were in therapy, but like nothing was working. I didn't understand why at the time. And he ended up going on a work trip. Mm-hmm. I had found some questionable shit on his phone. Not that I looked for. Like, we were just open with each other and like would randomly look at each other's social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had found some questionable stuff. He had lied his way out of that. But like my guard was definitely going like something's not right. So he goes on this trip and I'm at our house that we live in together. And I go into our office uh, to get something and his MacBook that he had in there, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, okay. Ignored it. Kept getting my shit. Ding, ding. So I go over, I look at the computer. His email is open on the computer. Still till this day, I have no idea what that password is. What a dumbass. Right? Like at least, you know, come on. Um, (laughs) And there's an Uber receipt from where he's supposed to be going in Florida, going all the way to Miami. And I'm like, okay, well, something's wrong. This isn't, this is not right. So I checked the trash email and it's like every single receipt that, you know, like couples massage, the Four Seasons in no. Westlake, like down the in street the from my house. Oh, yeah. Like every receipt. Replicas of like dates that he had taken me on to like the Beverly Hills Hotel and like dinner at this place. It just, every single receipt was in the trash. So it was like a full on affair. Like he full was taking on. this chick on dates. Oh, yeah. Massages. Yeah. Six months. Six months. And I trusted him so implicitly that I genuinely had no idea. Like even up until the day before I found the receipts, I was at this industry event and I looked at my friend and I said, I don't think he's done anything physically. I don't think he has the balls to. And I just vastly misjudged the size of his balls apparently. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And did you, now here's, and this is a personal question. You don't have to answer this. Was he sleeping with you still? Oh yeah. So, and that was the most fucked up part of it. Like, look, If I'm being honest, I wasn't heartbroken because I had been so unhappy for so long in my marriage that I was not in love with him. I Mm -hmm. loved him as a person, but I think I married him because he was safe Mm -hmm. um, because of some of my past, you know, traumas with men. And I genuinely was just it was betrayal and rage. Mm -hmm. And 
that was one of the fucked up parts was looking at all the receipts. I was like, oh, you were banging her at this hotel and we slept together that Saturday, like the day after, not even 24 hours. And I know he was not like a condom person. And like the violation of my body, like I'm your wife, bro. <laughs> we That's took putting vows. your health. Yeah. And so my first thing was like, holy shit, I got to go get tested. I have to like, who knows? Like if it's just this girl, if it's other girls, like, oh my God, it was totally blindsiding in so many ways. Did your, okay. So you're, you found the emails. Did your heart just sink? Oh yeah. Like my heart dropped out of my ass and it was, it, it immediately, I remember calling my mom and just in tears of rage like mm -hmm. he's cheating on me and I called five people in the span of that hour and it was like my mom the guy at the industry party who I had been like he's not doing anything physically and my girlfriends my you know three close girlfriends and it was like the same conversation and it was just like this cathartic release of like mm -hmm. this is what's happening I'm getting a divorce let's start moving pieces now so how do you you get all this advice from your friends, your mom, you kind of calm down a little bit. And yeah. then how do you confront him? Cause he's still on the trip. Yeah. He was still on the trip and that was probably the hardest week and a half of my life because he was still on this trip. We, when he had left, there was a big fight before and I had kind of told him I needed some space. Um, so we weren't talking a lot, mm -hmm. but I still had to keep up the facade that I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. So I would send texts and like, you know, just like the bare minimum of what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started getting everything in place to to file for divorce. So I had to like meet with attorneys, like hire an attorney and and figure out how I was going to serve him the papers when he came home. Wow. Did you guys have a prenup? Um, we didn't, but we didn't need one. Like nobody okay. had anything, anything to take from anyone else. Um, luckily, we were renting the house that we were living in. Like okay. we didn't really own anything together. Thank God mm -hmm. I didn't have kids with him. Yeah. Like it for all intents and purposes, it was a pretty... He, it should have been a pretty easy divorce. Right. Um, so he came home. Oh, my God. And stayed at the girl's house. First, okay, wait. Wait, wait, what? wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, Okay, let me back what? up. So I, the way that we found all of this was once we found the trash emails, um, I called the Four Seasons. And this is all in the book, but, you know, spoiler alert. Um, I called the Four Seasons and was like, hey, um, my husband and I, you know, are in the industry. Sometimes we book under fake names um, for, you know, safety purposes and I'm doing our taxes and I can't remember um, what exactly what services we got there. Um, it's under this name and it was the name under the receipts, um, which was Daniel, who's the name that I chose to change his name to in the book mm -hmm. um, and her name. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. Let me pull it up. Pulled up the reservation and told me the names. And so I got her name from that, looked her up on social media um, a very blonde, very naked 19-year-old pops up on my Instagram screen. And she just so happens to be in Miami. So he flew her out there. Oh, my God. So she lived oh, yeah. in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. He flew her out there. Did he even have a business trip in Florida? He did. He, okay. But this was the fucked up part. He had a business trip where he was coaching. He, he was a sports coach. And the, the kids that he coached, he had been coaching for like five years. Okay. They were at our wedding those parents were at our wedding. I double dated with those parents. Like they were my friends and family. So he flew her out. And then I found out he took her to the second place they went to, which was Ohio, which is where, you know, his boys tournament was. And I was like, oh my God, 
like she's now being paraded around all these people I know. Why has no one called me? No one me? told you. His that father was there. And I'm sitting at home in LA going, okay, okay, this is the situation. This is what's happening. Like it was one blow after another of disrespect. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so so smart on your part, though, by the way. Oh, well, there was not even a question. Yeah. That I, like, I didn't want to stay. It yeah. honestly gave me an out. Yeah. You, know? you were ready to go anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of like. It was like, a huge blessing. I dodged a fucking army of snipers. Right. With that. Why, why, do you th- why do you think, so when you married him, you were even a little unsure when you got married that this might not be your person? I wouldn't say I was unsure. Okay. And granted, this took a lot of, like, the rest of my crazy journey and a lot of healing to get to and to admit because it was so deep down. Mm -hmm. Um, but I lost my dad when I was six, um, tragically like walked in, found him dead on the floor from a heart attack. Oh my God. And then healed from not healed from that, but you know, time passed. And when I was 18, my high school sweetheart was killed in a car accident. So it was like, I had a thing with the people that I love die in abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. So I think subconsciously I married my ex-husband because he was safe you know he I wasn't fully in love with him I loved him Mm -hmm. um but there were so many red flags looking back on it he was never okay with my career he was never okay with you know if I had to go do an intimate scene with someone which granted is shitty Mm -hmm. but like he met me as an actress Mm -hmm. you know he knew Mm -hmm. that was my job um how did you guys meet initially at a club okay a club in in Agora Hills as weird as that even say yeah wow um he hit on you he hit on me and he had known uh, he had known me from high school from like a random adult school class that I took. And okay. he he referenced when I met him and when he was hitting on me once we started talking, he was like, I remember when you lost your high school sweetheart and what you post. I saw what you posted on Facebook and I screenshotted it because it really moved me. Looking back on that, it's like giant red fucking flag. Yeah. Gabrielle. Like what? But at the time I was like, oh, that's so touching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah. So then, okay, so then you were together five years. Yeah, so. When did you get married in that five years? Uh, September 4th, 2015. Okay. okay. Which will prove to be very significant later in in the crazy story. Okay. Um, but so they fly back, they together fly back from Ohio. We're following, my girlfriends and I are following all of this on her Snapchat. And There's, she's po- she's posting because she probably thinks. Well, she's posting, but not his face. Right, right. So it's like their hands holding in first class and like them out to sushi at Nobu in Miami, even though she's not 21 and shouldn't be drinking. You know, like she's posting, but not his face. But I'm like, oh, cool. That's his white watch that I bought him. And like, you know, I, it was very obvious that she knew she couldn't show his face for whatever reason. I'm sure he had lied and. Who knows what he told me? He's her. like probably like, I'm going through a separation. Right. It's sensitive. Like yeah. that's what guys say. I know, like all the bullshit that yeah. like, you know, young, impressionable 19 year olds believe. Um, so they fly back together. He then stays at her parents' house for two days and is in LA, does not let his wife know <laughs> that he's back. And then two days after that, I get a text saying, Hey, I just got back. Um, I'm on my way. Can we meet up and talk? And I was like, yeah, I'm at the house. Um, I'll be here until I have to go to an event at three. Like, come on by. And I had a process server there, you know. Already there, ready to go. Waiting. Yeah. Um, that walked out and handed him the papers. And I walked out of the house and was like, look, I know everything. But if you want to come in and talk about it, you can. And he was like, yeah, of course I want to. And we walked in. And I was like, leave the door open. He's like, God, I'm not a psychopath. Mm. Okay, dude. Yeah, but leave, like, leave like, the door open. But you're like a huge liar and very scary. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, and in that conversation, he never really owned up to anything. It was more, you know, just, 
I think we were too young and like, I wish the best for you. And I want, oh, God. you know, da, 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 da. Um, and then when it came to discussing like how we were going to do this split and, and move and all that, um, he was like, please, Gabrielle, just whatever you do, don't come after my new sports deal. Cause he had just signed this like huge deal that was going to really like set him up. Um, and I said, then say it. And he was like, say what? I said, say it. And this went back and forth like four times. Yeah. And he finally said that I've been in another relationship. And that was all he said about it. Grabbed my keys, was like, bye. Walked out of the house. It was like, I'm free. I, I knew that this was going to propel me into an entirely different chapter of my life that was going to be so much better. Wow. Because I would have stayed, you know, I had made a commitment. I got married, like, and I, I did have love for him. So I would have mm -hmm. stayed in that relationship that was so fucking unhealthy for so long trying to make it work because I didn't want to, you know, we had just had this beautiful wedding that my mom worked her ass off mm -hmm. to throw us. And, you know, we had, all of our friends and family were there. And, like, I I got married. Yeah. Like, that means something to yeah. me. Um, it's not I, just like a, you know, fun. Same with me. Like, I, when I got married, I, like, told my husband, because he'd been married a couple times right. before me. And I said, this is it. Like, I'm not, yeah. you know. Like, it's a serious thing. Yeah, I take it very seriously. Yeah, like, as know. do I. And so, you know, I would have been in that for a really long time. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that it happened the way that it did because he made it so easy for me to walk away. Yeah. And so you said that there were warning signs and you guys weren't there, but like, what was the first signs that you noticed that you were like, Hmm, something's not right of the affair. Mm -hmm. Um, he would, <laughs> he would go to the bathroom a lot and be in there for extended periods of time. With his phone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, look, I, I take my phone into the bathroom, into the bathroom too, but it was like happening more and more. Mm -hmm. um, I remember uh, New Year's Eve of 20, I don't even think I've ever told this story. New Year's Eve on 2016 going into 2017, we went with our, uh, a friend of ours, uh, a couple of, couple of friends of ours to Mastro's mm -hmm. in, in Westlake. And at midnight, we were like, yeah, happy new year, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. And left and was gone for a solid 15 minutes. I now know that he was obviously like calling her. Um, and saying happy new but year it's like, her. You know, I mean, he had a second phone. It was, it, it wow. must have been exhausting. And yeah. I, I, we would talk openly throughout our relationship about it and be like, look, if you ever want to break up, dude, like let's talk about it and tell us so we can be friends. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this you know, shitty thing. Um, and he like just hard left and went the opposite way. <laughs> and he would just never, you know, let you know that something, you know, he wasn't no. happy or no, he would just pretend everything was okay. And I gave him so many opportunities when to we, were, say, we yeah. were in those, like, you know, those like heavy crying fights where yeah. you're like burying your soul. There were a couple times where he would cry and say, I don't know why I'm doing this to you. But I always took that as like, making me miserable and like fighting and not like giving me what I was needing. Yeah. Um, when I was working so hard at yeah. it. Um, but no, he never owned up to it. Even all the chances that I gave. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy to me. I don't get why guys don't just leave, leave. Yeah. I don't get that or why they keep fighting when it's not something that they want. And it's not like we had kids together. Yeah. There were no kids to stay for. I, we didn't have a house that I could like take half of, you know, yeah. it, was, it was very much so like, it could, it could have been a clean break. Yeah. And he had the opportunity before you even had to go through all this pain to Numerous say, times. yeah, to say, listen, I guess, yeah, I should. So then did you stay in the apartment and he found somewhere else to live or? No. So we were in, um, we were renting a three bedroom house out where, um, 
where he worked in mm-hmm. Oak Park. And, um, and I was like, look, he was like, look, I, I work right up the street, you know, like I have to stay. I had already packed half of my shit. Yeah. Here, um, and like took all of our wedding pictures down and, you know, um, and so I was ready to go to my mom's. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I don't want to be in this house. I don't need to be in this house. I can't afford to be in this house right. by myself. Um, so I left. A couple days later, there were pictures posted on her social media in a bikini on my white couch, straddling a pillow that my mother-in-law had bought me. I mean, it was just really trashy the entire a way. A couple it was days later, yeah. No, I don't know if that if it was taken a couple days later. It very well could have been taken when I was still living there and just wasn't home or on a trip, you know. Um, but it was oh just the way God. that it was handled was just so gross ew you know are they still together as far as i know i've heard a lot of um a lot of things from a lot of different people who choose to tell me um yeah it's it's kind of i'm so detached from it and yeah. it was so quickly that it's it's kind of like comedy to watch it all play yeah. out yeah um so yeah technically yeah they are oh my god and so then you grew up out here I did. Where did you grow up? Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. Okay, so you were able to go be with your mom and have a safe haven. Yeah. And at the ripe age of 28, I was like, cool, I'm uh, getting a divorce and moving back in with my mom. Hey, you're lucky you didn't have to move across state, though, you know, like. In hindsight, like, I'm. I'm deeply lucky. Yeah. Like I drove six exits and, and was like, back great, home. I'm safe. <laughs> and then your childhood bedroom or? Um, not my childhood bedroom, but in the same home. In yeah. the same home. Okay. Yeah. See, and, and that's just so, it, it, it's just mind blowing to me. You went through this and you're so strong because so you. many people, you know, go through this and it like tears them apart. I think that what sets me apart from the people you're referring to is that I wasn't heartbroken. Okay, you were already I, out. It was like halfway it was out. betrayal. It was rage. It was like this is shocking, and like my whole life was pulled out from under me. But I, my heart wasn't broken. Okay, because like, you weren't was, in love with him anymore. Right. Like I was, I was okay. Yeah, I was weirdly okay after. You know, I mean, obviously, I cried and like I was angry and had a lot of like I had to grieve that relationship and him because mm. it was it was like grieving a death. You know. Yeah, um, it is. But as far as the whole divorce itself, I think my mom actually took it harder than I did. Aww. I was like weirdly like this is going to be great and it's a blessing and I'm ready to move forward. Wow. And then um, did he ever reach out afterwards? Um, There were some times where he was reaching out about like petty stuff, like Mm -hmm. you can't take the bed and da 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 da. And like, I'm going to be taking this back in this process. And I would just not answer anything and forward everything to my lawyer. And yeah, um, I really went radio silent. And good. Yeah, that was that was it. I was so done. Yeah. And so then and I'm not going to give your whole book away because we don't want to we don't want to do that. But then you meet someone else. Yeah, And this is like the whole premise of the book is that you meet someone else. You have like this whirlwind romance. You met someone else two weeks later. Yeah. So for a little bit of context for everybody that just rolled their eyes and was like, oh, of course, you just met someone else two weeks later. No, sometimes you got to, you know, heal your heart. Yeah. And I had been unhappy for six months in my marriage. I had known about the cheating for two weeks before I left my house. Right. And I met this next person two weeks after. So it had had been a month Month, of me being like, I am getting divorced. Fuck this man. And goodbye. I'm leaving. Um, And not to mention you have been in a loveless, pretty much marriage for a long time. So it's like you were ready for a new relationship because you hadn't really been in one. Totally. Granted to say it is still very fast on the timeline. I get it. Um, I will also say the amount of DMs I get from readers being like, oh my God, I went through the same thing. Like it, it happens more often than not. We all heal differently, yeah. you know, and I, I tend to do this. My therapist calls it lily padding mm-hmm. where like if I go through a, a breakup, 
I'm pretty much in a new relationship within a month or two. Right. Which isn't healthy to right. most people. And really, I should learn to spend some time by myself. Totally. And before I married Tommy, I was actually single for a whole year. Great. And that's the yeah. longest I was single my whole life. Yeah. And then I got with Tommy because I was just trying to tell myself we don't need another person because I yeah. am very codependent. Would you say you're codependent as well or not? Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say codependent, but I definitely am in a relationship person. Relationship, I feel better yeah. when I'm in a relationship. I I feel like I thrive more in life when I'm in a relationship. Right. And I like the companionship. Companionship. Um. So I met this person. Not met. We had actually dated super casually, like two dates, random making out, dancing. Um, six years earlier. So before I even met my ex-husband. Wow. So randomly connect on social media as it always happens. And um, we, long story short, end up going to the beach to catch up and it goes from like zero to 100. And I went thinking like, yeah, you know, he's Latin. I'm like, yeah, I want to go hang out with this hot Latin guy, have him take me dancing and like make out a little bit because I'm single now and fuck everybody else. Yeah. Um, so I was banking on him being like my casual option. Mm-hmm. That is not what happened. Oh my gosh. Um, so it literally went from zero to 100. The, by the second day that we hung out, it was like, can you come to my friend's wedding? Him saying this. Um, I'm going to date you. Oh my God, we're fucked. Like, what are we going to do? Wow. On both. It was it was fully intense on both ends. And that's kind of red flaggy too, right? Totally. Like, wouldn't you say in retrospect? Because totally. usually if someone says that intensive things right away, yeah. they're- Completely. Not the most stable. Um, and I knew, you know, of course all my friends and family were like, oh my God, you know, pump the brakes. This is way too fast. But everybody also did recognize that I was weirdly okay after mm -hmm. my divorce. Like they could see that I wasn't broken and, you know, devastated. And I, I would have never entered into a relationship if I was like that. Right. I've done enough healing and trauma in my life where I know that that wouldn't have been healthy. So we end up staying in a hotel together the second night we go out, not sleeping together, just staying up talking all night. And he looks at me and he goes, I don't know what to do. I have a month long trip to Europe booked and I don't, I don't know what to do. I was like, well, I would, I would never tell you not to go travel. You should 100% go. And he's like, no, I'm not saying that. I want you to come with me. And of course I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what? We, we've been together for two days. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, so we're together for five days straight before he had to leave to go visit family. Um, and he kept bringing it up and was like, I'm serious. I want you to come. So the, the third time he brought it up, I looked at him and I said, okay, when are you leaving? Mm -hmm. He goes September 4th, which would have been my two year wedding anniversary. And I was like, okay, when are you coming home? And he says October 4th, which is my late father's birthday. Mm -hmm. So I go, okay, universe, I hear you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going on the trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I booked my ticket. He goes to visit family for a couple of weeks. We're like, you know, when when you're not physically together and it's all texting and FaceTiming and talking, it like makes your bond grow even more as mm -hmm. if you were together physically. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, you know, I'm like, he's telling his family about me. He's telling his friends like, this is this is it. This is the girl I'm going to marry. I'm going to have babies with this chick. Like, we're done. And I was feeling the same way. Wow. I was like, mom, I will move to Hawaii, live in a tent and have babies with this man and fuck everybody. It else. was like a whirlwind romance. Yeah. It was yeah. like hard, fast, serious. Uh -huh. And everything was amazing. I booked my trip to Europe. He came home. I met his mom. We clicked right away. Oh yeah. Like it was like really, really intense. Um, I went to his friend's wedding. He went on a work trip with me, uh, where one of my films was premiering and we were just inseparable wow it was really like I was like 
full on like, oh, I've never been in love because that's what this is. Yeah. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he tells me he needs to go by himself. Yes, there's a backstory to all of this. um, But factually, it was literally 48 hours before. And he was like, I just feel like I have to go alone. I was fucking devastated. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I'm not. I wish I was. Wait, Um, wait, wait. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys, (laughs) we are going to take a quick break on that cliffhanger, and we will be right back with Gabrielle Stone on the Worst First podcast. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Okay, so (laughs) literally, the guy that's introducing you to his mom, telling you he wants to marry you, have babies with you, in love with you, whirlwind romance, you know, once you tells you to come with him to, you know, was it Spain or it was, was Italy? It just Italy, okay, yeah, for a month. For a month, the forty eight hours before calls you, and what does he he says? So to give a little context, okay. um, into who this man, his name is Javier in the book. So okay, Javier, that's perfect. What we'll refer to him as perfect. I know. Can't you just picture it? Like totally, hot, Latin, yeah. Deadly. Just open shirt, yeah. just wind everywhere he goes. Just Javier, so fucking super annoying. tan, even yeah. in winter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, Javier. Fuck you. So Dead. he, um, a year and a half before all of this took place, he lost his brother to suicide, mm. and the first day that we had met, um on the beach to hang out. He had told me this and he was like, you know, I, he's an actor, of course. Mm -hmm. He was like, I I went to go shoot a show, uh, for six months. I was gone. I felt like I really like healed being out of LA and you know, it it was really, it was really, really hard for him at first. He went through as anybody would, you know, I've lost people to suicide as well. Um, it it was hard for him at first, Mm -hmm. but he had really felt like at the time and portrayed to me that he was on the other side of it. Okay. Um, when we had come back from uh, my work trip in Vegas, it was like a week before we were supposed to go to Italy, he started expressing to me that he was having all this grief come up. Um, he's like, I don't know. I'm so frustrated because everything's been so perfect with us. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm just, I feel so disconnected from everything. And I, I don't know why I'm feeling this sadness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've dealt with a lot of death and a lot of grief in my life. So I was trying to be there for him and help him through it. And, you know, there were times where we were sitting there crying and I was trying to like, you know, give him as much sound advice as I could. Mm -hmm. And he would have days where he seemed like he was pulling out of it. I would talk to his sister and she would be like, you know, he's never been this open with someone before. Like the way he talks about you, like, this is so different. Like, please just support him. And, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, we're going to get through it. Either, Mm -hmm. either we're going to go to Italy and, we're going to have talks like this and you're going to cry every day and we're going to come back best of friends or we're going to go and have a wild romantic time. and It's going to be amazing. Either way I'm here. Right. And so I, I knew that something was off Mm -hmm. that week, but it wasn't until the 48 hours before he called me, um, and was like, I just feel like I have to go by myself. And we had a three hour conversation that night on the phone, both of us just hysterical in tears. Um, and we decided that we would, talk the next day he would come come to me and we would talk um and decide if he was going to go alone or if he wanted us to go as friends if I could even handle that Mm. notion Mm. um so he came and picked me up the next day and was like I feel like I have to go by myself I was like yeah I'm gonna go too and I think that really shocked him and made him proud of me at the same time um it was really weird the way our kind of like 
I guess breakup is what it was when we were still so connected on like that soul level Mm -hmm. that it, it wasn't like, I wasn't angry at Mm -hmm. him yet. Okay. (laughs) Um, It was just really, I was heartbroken. Like he broke my heart. Like my ex-husband never could have done. And yeah. I had never had my heart broken before. Wow. And it, it was put in a blender Oof. right after a pretty blindsiding and like brutal divorce. Yeah. You know, um, so it was a lot like my friends it's would call me and be like, we're just wondering what's going on with the Netflix show that has become your life. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So wild. you were like, fuck it. I paid for my ticket. I'm going to go. Yep. Um, I had like, I mean, literally my backpack was packed when I found out this news. Um. And I was like, well, I mean, I can either stay at home heartbroken or I could go travel Europe for a month by myself. And you're not scared of that? You're not like, oh, well, I'm going to get kidnapped? Or- I was terrified. Okay. I've seen Taken. Yeah. The only thing I knew about hostels on the plane over was that there's a movie about them and people get brutally fucking murdered. In it. And that's <laughs> like, where you were planning on staying. Yeah. Um, so luckily I had our, our flight was to London mm-hmm. and then was supposed to connect to go on to Rome. Um, we, we went to the airport together. He took the picture of me that I posted announcing my divorce to the world because I hadn't, like, told anybody about it. And I was like, if I'm going to go on this fucking soul journey, I might as well, like, start with a clean slate and let everybody know what's going on in my life. And um, we flew on the plane together. I stayed in London. He went on to Rome. Wow. Yeah. And and I'm not going to give the rest of your book away because I know there's so much on your journey. Yeah. In you know, traveling by yourself and doing this all by yourself after all of this trauma. You know, and I know there's more with that guy, yeah. you know, so I don't want to give it away. You guys have to, where can we get this book? So it's on Amazon exclusively. You can't get it in stores. Um, so eat, pray, fuck my life. It's on Amazon. Gabrielle Stone. Or you can get it on my website, uh, which is eatprayfml.com. Eatprayfml.com or Amazon, you guys. I mean, I want to know the, you know, you ha- <laughs> I feel like anyone listening to this wants to know what happened, you know, when you traveled and. Well, that's where the real story is, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, the men set it up and they were the catalyst for it. But right. like, it's really about me going on this trip and like finding making yourself. some more mistakes, but like finding myself and like learning how to fucking love myself. Cause I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were saying when you took that year to, to be alone and like learn how to be alone. I, since I was a little girl, since I lost my dad, I have had a fear of abandonment. And oh yeah, I, me I was too. Like, yeah. I'm not okay by myself. Mm-hmm. And this was the universe's clear way of being like, well, Gabrielle, you're going to go face that shit head on and you're going to go learn how to be by yourself across the world. <laughs> I know. Not even with a no, in like family member way. nearby, yeah. not even an area, you know, not even anyone, you know, like by yourself is I'm so like I could never, I'm so in awe of you because I can't even get on a plane by myself, let Thank alone, you. like, that's a huge thing. You yeah. know, you're very strong. Thank you. I think you've learned that right through the years. I have I, that if that trip taught me one thing, it was how fucking capable I am. Yeah. By myself. You're a warrior, dude. Yeah. I see your war paint. Yeah. Like I, I, I no. mean, honestly, because I mean, like it takes so much as a person to be so fed up and to just go, fuck it. I'm going to do me and yeah. find myself. Yeah. And do you, how do you feel now at this point in your life? It's, it's 2021. I know there's a lot going on in the world. So yeah. it's very I, complicated to ask how you feel now, but right, right. I mean, in terms as a of person. as a person, yeah. aside from all the, the problems that are going on in the world is you, Gabrielle Stone, how do you feel like inside? Do you feel like you are at a place that you are like fully healed or almost fully healed or like, how do you feel? 
I, so this by no means happened when I came back from Europe. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fixed. Everything's great. I was terrified of coming home. Okay. Um, it was probably the most scared I've ever been. Because to come I, home? Yeah. Because I wanted to keep going by the time the end of the trip came. Cause I knew I was coming home to get divorced and okay. like deal. You know, I had gotten shitty threatening emails from his attorney while oh, I was boy. on my trip. And I knew that I was coming home to that mess Face that, yeah. and to like be in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came home um, and it, there was definitely a lot more healing that had to go on that I learned a lot more about myself when I came home and was in my own environment. Um, but again, that was in 2017. Now I'm like, I would not change any single part of what happened to me. And quite frankly, I would do it 10 times over because it not only changed my life, like I came back from that trip a different human in all of the best ways. And the continual growth has turned me into the woman that I am now, which I really love. Um, But apart from what it's done for me, this book, the conversations that I have with the people that have read it, the DMs that I get on a daily basis, like it's, I feel weird saying this because it feels like I'm like patting my patting myself on the back, but like it it's changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. There's so many I get I have male readers too, but there's so many women that are like, I left an abusive relationship after I read this book or I filed for divorce after I read this book or I chose to like stay and work on my relationship or marriage because I read this book because it it showed me that, you know, I needed to put myself first, but also put more into into my relationship. And all the stories that I hear and the the people that are moved by it and healed from it, because look, it it is like reading a ridiculous Netflix story. Like it's funny. I curse. It's like if you're hearing me talk now, that's how the book is. Um, and it's it's wild. You know, like I have a one night stand in Europe. Like it's it's there's so much. There's so much. I already can imagine just sitting here with you right now. I mean, I, I I've known people who have been to the brink of mm-hmm. pure frustration in their life, and it kind of you just kind of go yeah. You just and like, fuck it. Totally. You know? And it's yeah. a wild journey, but there's also so much self-help and healing techniques in it. I love that. But it's not like in your face because you're learning when I'm going through it. So it's like me saying, okay, I'm going to start, you know, this technique. And it's like funny because you're watching me do it, but you're like, oh my God, I can do that in my everyday life. And it's totally fucking helpful. What's some things that you've learned? Because I do have a lot of audience members that have like anxiety and depression and they do. Hi, welcome. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Hi guys. I mean, they're like, we're all here. The whole whole gang's here. Um, What are some, what is one thing that you would say is really vital to like your, your life that you, a technique or something that you've learned? Yeah. Um, So I write about it in the book. It's called the self-love cocktail. Because okay. obviously I have to equate it to some type of Drinking. alcohol. <laughs> Dead. Um, and it's it's really simple. But, you know, I was on this quest, if you will, to figure out how to love myself. Because everyone's always saying, you know, you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else. And, you know, you're not going to have a healthy relationship until you love yourself. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Can anybody fucking tell me how? Mm-hmm. Nobody could give me instructions on how to make that happen. I was like, I'm ready to do it, but nobody can tell me guidelines. Um, And so I was searching for this and I finally found it once I came back from my trip. So I write it in the epilogue because it didn't feel, you know, authentic to put it on my wild journey. Um, But it's called the self-love cocktail and it's really simple. What you do is you sit down and you write out things that you can give yourself every day that makes your soul happy. So things that you love that make your soul happy. So for me, my list was like healthy eating, meditating, going to the gym, dancing, creating, anything that gives my soul joy. And you have your list, 
and you commit to giving yourself at least one or two things on that list every single day. So at first it's like a stiffer cocktail, like a vodka martini. And then once you're doing that for a couple of weeks and you feel more comfortable with it, you start adding in other things on your list and it comes becomes like a fruity mixology cocktail. Um, wow. And before you realize that you wake up a month or two down the line and you're like, holy shit, I feel so much better. And it's because you're loving yourself. Yeah. So when I finally put together that loving yourself is as simple as giving yourself the things you love. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, not only do I have control over this, which my anxiety ridden self needs to be able to like have control over how I feel and, like right. you know, things that I can gift to myself. It made so much sense to me because when we're in a relationship, you know, whether it's a parent or a significant other, like when we're when we're wanting to show that person love and make them feel loved, we're doing things that we know make their soul happy. Mm-hmm. So why when we love ourselves, would we not? do that for, for us yeah I always thought it was like standing in the mirror being like I love you Gabrielle but I felt like a fucking psycho <laughs> I used to write things on my mirror like you're worthy yeah. you're yeah. great and then people would come over and be like all right psycho and I was like yo I have one bathroom okay hey, like don't, don't fucking knock, judge me don't yeah. knock it till you try it that right. shit works too it does work to write affirmations totally. on your mirror I mean but this is great and you have this list like put up somewhere so you can go like okay yeah. I did this or I did that yeah and, and it's like you have a literal checklist and you're mm-hmm. like okay at least I got two things done today and it that's can be great. simple things like a 15 minute meditation in the morning if that's, you know, what floats your boat. Like it, it has to be stuff that makes your soul happy that you don't need anyone else right. to, to give to you. Right. You know, I love that. Yeah. I love that right now. And and now you're in a happy relationship, I am, which is so great. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't know if this is in the book. Is it that you met, is this guy in the book that no, you met So him I'm actually slowly but surely working on book two. Which Yay. People have been pestering me about since this one. You pray out. love my life, right? right? right. right. <laughs> um, so, and that one spans over a longer amount of time. It literally picks up when I get back from Europe and spans until the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in that book. I love it. Yeah. So when you, okay, so I just want to know because when you got home from, your Europe trip, did you already know in your head you were going to write a book or did you get home and go, I got to write all this down? Okay, so I knew the second I found out I was going alone that I was going to write a book. Perfect. Um, be, I don't know if it was because of all the crazy shit that had happened to me, like one thing after another. It was so disbelief. Like I was like, I'm in a fucked up sitcom right, right now. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I knew that I wanted to write a book and I had never written a book before. I had written like, you know, short version screenplays, but like I'm not, I, I wouldn't have considered myself a writer by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, bought a leather bound journal the day before my trip and took it with me. I started it the first day that I was in London. I wrote three fourths of it by hand in that journal. Oh my God, by hand? Mm-hmm. My arthritis could never. Yeah, yeah. In cursive for some reason because wow. I'm like a masochist. Wow, I don't know. okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. All right, Dorothy Parker. Yep, my yep. God. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it was really for me, you know, and I still like, obviously I went out, I partied, like I did, you know, I, I saw the sights, I did everything I was supposed to be doing on that soul journey. But the most therapeutic times for me was sitting in whatever hostel I was at or sitting at a cafe in Italy, you know, writing how you felt my journey. And it wasn't like I was journaling and then I came home and turned it into a book. Like if you open up the journal, it's like chapter one and it's, very close to how the finished book came out. Wow. Yeah. And so then you finished this book and then you said you ran it around to publishers and people were trying to get you to tone it down. 
Yeah, everybody was like, a couple passed and a couple others of the big ones um, were like, well, we just think maybe we should tone it back a bit. I always want to do that. And it's like, look, like there's f bombs throughout it. There's a there's an f word in the fucking title. Yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, to me, it was like if I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna write this, it has to be everything that I authentically went through. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I gonna sugarcoat stuff? Why am I no. gonna shorten it? Why yeah. am I gonna? So I I you know talked to a bunch of different people and finally was like, I'm gonna self publish. Another reason that I chose to go that route was because once you sign with a publisher, it's like a two year process till your book's on a shelf. Oh, and wow. like for me, I felt like I had been, I mean, really like emotionally raped, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. through what I had been through and I needed to birth this book. You out. needed it out. Yeah. Like my soul needed to, it wasn't going to fully get that healing journey completed until it was like out to out the there. world. Yeah. You know? You're like, I can't carry this baby for two years. No. no. <laughs> wow. I'm so proud of you. And even like the, the, the photography on the cover is just so it's so cute it's you Thank you. it's her drinking a glass of wine and she said it says love for idiots on a book you're reading <laughs> and then and so the title eat pray fuck my life did you get any uh trouble from the eat pray love people no so you can't copyright a title right so you're free to kind of do whatever you want i love that it's obviously like i wasn't trying to jack a title it's a satirical play on a classic i don't even feel know? like you jacked a title i think that you made it like because a lot of people that have read eat pray love i've never read it but i watched the movie yeah but i feel like a lot of people were like oh my god so you know romantic and blah blah blah. and they're like this is real life this is not that book (laughs) right this is real life this is the the hard nitty-gritty you know real trauma things that you went through you know this is like a real that's not to say you know i know a lot of the things in eat pray love she she did go through a lot of traumatic things and but it's yeah it's definitely a very different take on it of a book yeah. and it's a t- an entirely different story yeah. um i've had a couple people on some of my viral videos be like oh well can you just you just kind of stole that title and i'm like no. no but like there's no other way to describe the journey that i was going on because it's essentially like because in the e pray love she travels by herself and does yeah that. but yours is a totally different spin on that and like you know it can tell you're funny and like you know it's it's better for you to have it be and i feel like this is more relatable I mean, especially like the generation own, that yeah. we're in, you yeah, know what for I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. fuck my life. Everyone pretty much right now is like, fuck my life. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of the reviews did say it's like eat, pray, love for this generation. Yeah. yeah. Although I have readers that are like in their seventies. That's know? awesome. Like it spans heartbreak and grief is yeah. universal. Yeah. So it's like totally. everyone's going to connect with some part of it, you know, as long as you're okay with, with profanity then you're gonna be fine reading it. i don't want to give it a, i don't want to give anything away but i'm so curious do you still talk to the guy that you were had this whirlwind um it depends on like what month and year we're in oh my god yeah. um i mean i will say that when and this is you know a lot of this is in book two it, it, it was a saga of um of things when we came back it wasn't like a cut and dry oh boy okay we're we're gonna go our separate ways it was definitely like there was back and forth yeah there was a lot of stuff that I still needed to heal I had no closure um and yeah there was some some interesting uh roller coaster moments that I think that's why all my readers are so excited for book two because whenever I like do q a's and stuff everyone's first question is like, do you still talk to Javier? Yeah. And I'm like, guys, you just have to wait and see. It's, it's Javier Bardem. A- I'm dead. Right. No, I'm <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Gabriella. 
I'm shooting a movie. I want you to come. Just kidding. I don't. No, come. No, don't. No, do. No, don't. I can't. That's amazing. It's a great hobby. Wow. Oh my god. Well, I'm just so. I'm. I'm in all of you. I'm happy. Like, do you? Do you? Now here. Do you want to get married again? Do you want kids? What's so like? So I. I am in a really happy relationship. Okay. We, we live together. We bought a house together. Okay. Um, and congratulations thank you yeah. uh, in the middle of a pandemic right like, but there's insane. great prices right now that's the one thing i will say yep. folks if you're in the market it, to yeah. buy a house which the is prices why we are, did it it's a buyer's is, market that's why we did it yeah. um and he has a, a now eight-year-old daughter okay um so i i've gotten a good dose of um birth control if you will <laughs> for now um i do she watches this she's like right. fuck you i'm just kidding <laughs> dead no but i feel you i feel you yeah it's yeah. it's not that it's i lot. don't i think i i'm pretty sure i've always said i want kids yeah um just not right now right you know like i i feel like i have a lot of stuff going on with my career not that you can't do both but like i'm really happy being able to only be responsible for myself for you you know yeah i mean that's a big thing right you yeah. know do you have a dog three you have three yeah okay so and that's are, like three children they are my children i will say that yes. i have one we just lost our other one but oh. i will tell you right now my husband's like i want to get you hi honey mm. my husband's like let's get a, a, a puppy and i and at first i'm like oh it sounds really fun but then i'm kind of like i'm like kind of enjoying just her yeah. because she's already trained and right i actually have it's weird you get like more time for you yeah you know what i mean wow totally. three dogs my lord yeah you I definitely know. don't want to throw a baby on that and two yeah no and two of them we got during quarantine oh wow yeah it was we rescued both of them the Great. first the first one we got finny he's like my heart i um, love it and the second one we got a couple months ago because we were like oh let's get you know a, a friend for finn because our mm. other dog is 10 years old yeah Kind of not was playful. Yeah, but we we got him, and now they both just like terrorize him. I'm like, well, this backfired. Great. <laughs> the old dog's just laying there, like, fuck my life. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you write a right, book about right. that, Gabrielle? Okay. Fuck my life. Totally. Totally. <laughs> he writes a book how these two dogs ruin my life. He leaves it out for you to to publish. One hundred percent. So that's so so that's great. And, and in terms of marriage, you're not like you're like kind of like oh we're just chilling. You got bought a house together. I mean, it's pretty much like you're married. It you don't really much, need the. Yeah, it pretty much is. He's obviously you know he. He's been married before too, yeah. so we've both done it. Um, I will say I'm not closed off to it, right. but I think if I ever do, I it won't be a wedding. I'll be like, take me on a month long trip to Thailand. Let's show up on the beautiful. beach, wear some shit that's white, and like call it a day. <laughs> that's beautiful, and I mean, you, you know, like traditional marriage. Even though I was really excited to like be Mrs. and, and yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. and um, you know, I'm so happy to be married, but it was so funny because before I got married, my husband was like, you know, I already feel like I'm married to you. Right. You know, and it's right. interesting to be married without like, you know, the government certificate says you're married. Like, yeah. it's like, you kind of don't really need it to be honest. Yeah. Not to put a, not to put a damper on anyone that's like planning extravagant weddings and things like that. No. Cause I know that's like a fun. And look, everybody do. looking back is like, shouldn't you have, you know, spent the money on your wedding on a house and blah, 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 blah. I will say even with like, the the shit that went down in my life my wedding mm -hmm. I produced the shit out of my wedding it was the your wedding was like on the shaws of sunset it was the <laughs> it was the best wedding I or anyone that attended will attest to really? has ever been to we just cast the male lead wrong like it it was wonderful oh my god you're like it, it was it should have been Brad Pitt but instead it was right <laughs> right yeah yeah um, that's but crazy I, but yeah I'm not closed off to it it's, yeah it's you know I'll never say never. I know. And I'm so happy. So you guys live together. You got a house together. You got yeah. your dogs. You're living your life. You're working on your book. Yeah. Is this a book too? When, like, when do you think that's going to be I coming? I don't know. I've, I've written over half of it. 
Um, That's great. So it's definitely been harder to write this one than it was the first one. Because you're um, happy. <laughs> right, because I'm happy. Like, but you also- just keep writing about how good my life is <laughs> or dead. But also because the second book spans over you know, two years. Uh-huh. This spans over four months. If right. you can believe that like the divorce, the relationship, the breakup, the Europe trip happened in that amount of time. It did. Right. Um, and I was writing it as I was going through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now I'm sitting down and I'm looking back to like, okay, 2018, this conversation with this person, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's hard too, because my, my current guy, Tay, um, he went through a lot of that healing process with me. So we were like on, we were off and he was always so good and supportive and like would let me go and figure my shit out. And, you know, always like opened his arms when I came back. Not that he let me like, you know, just leave and gallivant around, but like he knew that I was working through a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard on my soul to go back and write about the times where I pulled away from him and like, did some stuff that he knows about. Like anytime we came back together, I was like, this is what happened. This is where I was. This is what I did. And did he, he do stuff too or no? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, when we were broken up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But you guys were always love- blatantly honest and in and, and love with each other through that. Yeah. And I think that it took a lot of, of doing the work on myself to finally not be afraid of what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. I was so, one thing that my marriage did leave an impact on me was that I felt trapped in it and I was so scared to to be trapped trapped again again. you know what I mean yeah um and it so I would push away things that were good for me because you were like is this safe is this like the other one is this gonna be like part two like totally yeah I know it's scary it's scary to be vulnerable yeah because so much goes into that you know it's it's scary like even me like I was like single for a year before I got with my husband. And I remember thinking like I had rented this cute little house in Larchmont. I was so cozy and you know, you move, you uproot yourself. Yeah. You, I moved in here and, and you know, the change your address and change everything and, and change your whole life and, mm-hmm. you know, move out to Calabasas from like West Hollywood. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big change. Shift. And you know, it, it, it is, it makes people very vulnerable to mm-hmm. fall in love, but, yeah. but the fact that I'm sitting here with you and you got so much out of it and such a learning experience and you said you don't regret anything. So it's like, not at all. And it's totally changed my career. Yeah. I mean, like I was an actress and a director. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, you, you're familiar with, you know, the industry. It's like, as an actress, it's just like book a job, book a job, book a job. And if you can, if you can, and if you're not, <laughs> book a job in eight years. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and and if you're not, then like you're not fucking working, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's not the most comfortable industry. To yeah. Be in. Um, and this is totally, especially with the pandemic, when everything's fucking shut down, shut and down, like not slow. Yeah. I mean, last year was my most successful year I've had because like this all shifted me into becoming an author. Yeah. And how lucky am I to get to be at home creating these like stupid TikTok videos that Love. go viral. I'm obsessed with TikTok. Self- I got to follow you on there. It's, it's like, I was so against it at first and then the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, I'm fucking bored. Oh, um, I made Tommy get on there too. People oh, were like, I can't believe Tommy The is content on, on there is really like- I love it. It's, it's so really relatable. entertaining. And it's relatable because like, I feel like when you like something, they yeah. send you know, people, anyone that's anti-TikTok, buy, okay? Because it's like so fun. You know, when you like something, they send you more videos like that. So yeah. my whole feed is like how to not have anxiety, yep. funny shit, yep. and dogs. I know. I see some of the shit you share on your Instagram and you're like, oh, look, my life. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like- you know, and it really, they curate it to like, what is, you totally. know, what you like. The 
algorithm so is unreal. It's perfect. It's really um, great. But like every time one of those ridiculous videos go viral, I start selling all these amounts of books and then I, I have nothing else to do. So I've been at home, you know, well, I do, you know, I have a podcast and like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I do all, I, I do work at home and like, you right. know, have stuff going on, but I've had so much time to be able to like connect with my readers who DM me and like hear all these beautiful stories. And like, it's so fulfilling to like, it is see fulfilling, it come full it? circle in that way. It's not only changed my life and changed me as a human, it's changed my entire career. Don't you feel like you've created a little family? Yeah. Like, it's like, I feel that way too. I, I like talking about anxiety and being really outspoken about mental health. And then people write to you and yeah. they say stuff that you're like, oh my God, my brain is in this person's brain as yeah. well. And you feel like family, you create this little safe, yeah. loving family. And I, I think it's so great. I speak a lot about mental health on my platform too. Um, I think it's really important mm -hmm. to the more we talk about it, the less there's a stigma. Absolutely. Around it. I'm all um, about that. I listened to the episode you did with Dave Navarro and mm -hmm. it was just, there was so much good shit in there. That's one of my favorite ones to date because he's very vulnerable. Yeah. Very out there. Really great. And it's yeah. so lovely to hear that from a, from a man. Um, yeah. And it's really important to start talking about, yeah. you know, like, and I think that, um, you know, Javier did read the book mm -hmm. and we had like a, a very lengthy conversation about it. And, when I told, you know, it was obviously really hard for him to read. He's like, can I play my character in the movie? Right, or right, right. What? I'm I'm dead. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> can I play myself? I, uh, <laughs> I would like to play myself. I'm dead. Um, and, but when, when I told him that I had gotten a handful, this was like obviously earlier on um, when it had only been out for a couple of months, but that I had gotten a handful of DMs from people saying, I was able to really relate to Javier and learn a lot about my own grief with someone that I lost because of what he went through with his brother. Wow. He was just like, Oh, I get it. Like I, you know, I get, and, and he speaks out on mental health a lot too. He's Great. a very big advocate for that. So it's about connecting. Yeah. It really is. And, 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 and knowing and, you're not alone and knowing you're not alone and not being ashamed. Cause I especially feel like in our industry, mm -hmm. you know, when I started being really outspoken about my mental health, excuse me, which I wasn't at first, like when I first did vine and all that, I didn't really talk about it, even though I was struggling really hard. I just started talking about it like a couple years ago. And I noticed when I did that, I, I was, I, I didn't have any more auditions. Mm. I started not getting cast and stuff. And like, I noticed everything kind of slowed down How for me. How shitty is that? Because I think people, unfortunately, even though a lot of people feel the same way on the inside, they're mm -hmm. like, it's kind of old school thinking to go, oh, well, we keep that quiet though. And if you're right. talking about it, you must be a crazy person. You must not be stable on set. Right. You must not be stable or we don't want her to have a panic attack if we book her in a movie or whatever. And it's like so many people go through the same thing and yeah. they just don't talk about it, you know? And and I just think it needs to be shared and it needs to be open. And it, and who cares if someone has a panic attack on set? Like, care for them, love them. Like, yeah. know that this is a part of life. You and, know what I and mean? And by the way, people are doing that. Yeah. They're just not they're classifying just not, it as a mental health crisis. Yeah, and they're not telling you. There's yeah. people that are having and then you're not telling you. And I've had a thousand and I didn't tell anyone, you yeah. know? You talk to people like they're fine and then you're like, you really realize that they're having a horrible panic attack. Yeah. Um, especially in the day of social media where you go online and everybody's showing like the highlight reel of their oh, life yeah. and it's like so perfect and everybody's sitting behind a screen going, fuck, why don't I have this? Why is my life not like this? She must be like, have it so together. So when I specific, I mean, still, I still do this till this day, but when I went on that Europe trip, I was planning on like not being on social media at all. I was going to post that one picture of me in my backpack, be like, yo, I'm getting a divorce. These are the details. Bye. Mm-hmm. Before I got on the plane, like the two hours before I got on the plane, I got hundreds and hundreds of messages like, 
oh my God, this touched my soul. Oh my God, thank you for being so vulnerable. Please keep sharing your journey. Holy shit, this changed my day. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm so thankful for that because I ended up posting throughout my trip. Some pictures are like fun and me partying and happy. And some pictures I'm like, okay, so I've cried for five hours today um, and shit sucks and I'm broken. And I think it's so important for people to show up, especially when we have a platform of any kind, to show up authentically and be yeah. like, yo, dude, it's not all fucking peaches and rainbows. Like, and be real. Everybody's human. Shit sucks a lot of the time. And like, you're not alone. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing I've changed my platform to do, mm-hmm. you know, talking about it and, and just keeping the conversation open. We have to, yeah. you know, and, Absolutely. and you're right. The amount of people that have reached out to me, I, mean, I can't even answer the hundreds of messages I get every day of people saying that, you know, I struggle with this, I struggle with that. That's so many people, yep. you know, and even the people that are posting the highlight reels, they're the, they're struggling too. Cause it's they're like usually struggling more. more yeah. Cause they feel the need to be like, no, I want everyone to think my life is perfect. Even though they're sitting there, you know, posting something, waiting to see how many likes it gets and wanting to feel valid, you know, valued yeah. and validated and, and that kind of thing. You know, I, I've like given up on that. Yeah. You know, I've given up on needing people to validate me. I'm like, I'm going to share what I feel is important to share and you either like it or you don't. And that's fair to you either way. You know, yeah. you have a choice. So, yeah. it, you know. I think that's great. And I'm so happy for you. Thank Are you, you in therapy now? Do you do therapy? Um, I'm in therapy on and off. I've, okay. I'm always an advocate of it. Yeah. Um, and I have a therapist who I kind of call and, and check in with um, occasionally. Mm-hmm. I'm not on like a regular schedule right, anymore. Right. I was for, for a lot right. of, of time. Um, but there's been moments where I've had sessions scheduled and uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'm not really needing it. You're like, I don't have anything to talk about, right? Because sometimes when you do so much self-work, yeah. you, you know, in meditation, you get everything out. You're yeah. kind of like, you know, I actually but feel. it's those sessions that you go to yeah. and some gnarly, incredible shit ends up clicking and you're like, oh my God, yeah. what if I didn't come today? Um, so I'm a, I'm a big advocate of talking about your feelings even when you know, you're feeling fucking fine and dandy. Totally. I mean, I actually, I do therapy, I do EMDR, and then I do regular therapy. And I find that, you know, sometimes when I don't have anything to talk about, that's actually part of the therapy is Mm -hmm. because you've been so consistent and you've been talking about things so much that you're working through them, believe believe it or not. And yeah. it's like you just have to keep showing up. You totally. know what I mean? So that's I've always wanted to try EMDR. I'm doing it right now. It's really interesting. And it's funny because I, I tell her all the time, um, and for those of you that don't know what it is, um, it's I don't even know exactly what EMDR stands for, but it's it's basically like there's either they either give you like little things to hold that vibrate and you focus on your trauma and try to, you know, talk about your work through your trauma and then the, the you follow either a light with your eyes or you have little things that vibrate in your hands and it basically just dilutes your trauma. Mm-hmm. You take yourself back to how you felt then and you talk to yourself then or if it was recent now, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And then you, you basically just work on diluting your trauma and I keep telling her um, and you create like a safe space like you put, you know, where do I feel safe and create this imaginary place and then you put, you have a place that you put all the negative thoughts so that when you're stuck in a negative loop, you go, okay, nope, I'm not I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to put it in here, mm-hmm. take that thought. I'm going to put it in here. Um, and then basically what happens is it's like basically diluting your trauma. But I tell her, you know, she's like, when you're triggered, you need to remember, you know, where to put the negative thoughts. You need to remember right. where your safe space is. 
And I tell her, like, sometimes when I'm having a panic attack, I don't feel like I can concentrate and put stuff in places. In the right, way. right. But she said, like, subconsciously, it'll you'll see eventually mm. it, it works away. But, I mean, it's definitely very interesting and very helpful. And I will say that um, I usually, like, call an ambulance when I have a really gnarly panic attack because I think I'm dying because right. they're so intense. But the last couple times I've had them recently, which where I would have called an ambulance because my heart rate was like 160 and my little reader's going like hypertensive crisis or like right, call right. 911. Ugh. Instead of doing that, I just calm myself down and tell myself like I'm safe. No one's ever died from a panic attack. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I sit there and, and comfort myself. I take some CBD. And then if I'm not completely calm and I can't get myself to calm down, I can take a Valium. So I know that like I'm going to do exactly what they're going to do at the hospital. You know what I mean? And so I've noticed that that's a difference. Whereas I would have ran to the hospital, which is not the place you want to go right now, especially with all the COVID. And they don't need to deal with someone who's having a panic attack amidst everything that's going on. Right, when they're turning like sickly people Exactly. Like they're like ambulances are waiting 45 minutes and, you know, so chill out. Um, But yeah, I've noticed like progress in myself that way and strengthen myself that way so I'm definitely think it's working that's amazing yeah yeah so I've but I've loved having you here and I and I can't wait to read the full book because I've just read little blips about it to learn more about your story and guys if you want to get this it's on Amazon eat pray fuck my life by Gabrielle Stone and it's also on eatprayfuckmylife.com. Yeah, and it's if in you um, order it. paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Audiobook. And I voiced the. Uh, you do. I it's do. your voice. See, I love audiobooks because if you have a long drive or if you're going to visit yeah. family or if you're whatever, you know, hopefully you're not going to visit family right now, but if you're going on a long drive or going somewhere, you put on an audiobook and the time yeah. is like this. Yeah. It kind of just helps you, like, focus, you know, yeah. get, get stuff done and go flying. And people can follow you on Gabrielle at Gabrielle Stone. Yes. It's not the Gabrielle Stone, or no. is it? Okay. No. At Gabrielle Stone yeah. on Instagram. On Instagram, Twitter, Twitter Facebook. Everything. Gabrielle Stone. I've loved having you here. This Thank was you. so fun and so enlightening. Thank you for having and me. And I'm girl. so proud of you. Like, Thank you. God, what a freaking life. I'm like, I'm in awe of you because I think to myself one day I want to be able to do something by myself, but I don't know. Maybe, you will, maybe dude. Not. Everybody, everyone that like messages me and they're like, oh my God, I wish I had the courage. And I, I say to everybody, you do. You just have to find it inside of you. And sometimes wow. it takes longer, you know, but like. I'm just trying to go to Rite Aid by myself. <laughs> I'm like, fuck Mallorca. I just <laughs> need to go pick up my prescription. I'm just trying to get down <laughs> the street. Yeah. I'm like, Tommy, can you come? Can I bring the dog? Is anyone hello? Is anyone? What if I have a panic attack in Rite Aid? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I'm working on it. But um, I love it. Guys, follow Gabrielle. Make sure to check out her book. And make sure to stay tuned next week for another episode of Water Stars. <laughs>